Preeti. Welcome to the Bali Effect. Welcome, welcome. Preeti Tana. Dee Dee Perry. What's going on, Dee? Back at you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm always so happy to be here. I know. It's one of my favorite things. Absolutely. It's a highlight of my life. And I have to say, I am still very much processing our last conversation with your beautiful mother. Oh, yes. Your brilliant mother. I, I, it stunned me as well, that conversation. You know what was fascinating to me? It seemed like you were learning things about her for the first time in I, that conversation. So the story I had always been told about my parents meeting was that they met and three days later they got married. Now, that was kind of the story she told but I never heard the story that the cousin dated was married to his family and that they, you know, tried to get them together and that he would be at the Bombay Central Railroad Station. That's what she said. Uh, you know, everyone asked me to go the the, the train to meet him because he would be there for 10 minutes. I mean, I, your dad clearly had his eye on her for years. But the, the, that little tiny detail which really was an explosion of emotion in my mind, right? Aww. Because the story that you've lived with is they hardly knew each other. Um, they got married, and then she was whisked away to America. And the detail around that was fascinating. Wow. You know? And then, then the other part is when she told us she went to school because she wanted to be a hypnotist. Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> no, I had no. I had no idea. I, I had think no you idea. know your mother. And then you realize she's a whole complex woman, person, human. I mean, one of the, I won't say, sometimes challenges, you know, I will say it, challenges and eye-opening experiences of, you know, I, I think the word adulting is so overused, but just as you evolve in your life is realizing that your parents are more than parents. And I know They're that people. sounds, you know, simplistic, right? but so much of my need for the first formative years then beyond was... Me only relating to them as my parents. Yeah, the, but now as everybody gets on, their humanity is really unfolding in ways I never contemplated. And and yes. And I'm, I'm struggling with some of that because it's like, wait, do you have needs too? <laughs> wait a minute. It's not all about me. Of course they do. And and I think to to see them, really see them as people, as humans, as uh, uh, everyday people that struggle with some of the same things we struggle with everyday people that have had moments, whether good or bad, that have moved, moved them in different places. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, too, I spent a lot of time telling people about this conversation with my mom, mm. which we're not going to totally give away here. Right. Because it's Go so listen great. to it. Go listen to it. But um, I said, you know, have a conversation with your parents. Yeah. Ask them questions. We we kind of move in a way, we build that relation, all relationships, we build this relationship where we've identified the role in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty much they tell us what to do for the formative years. Right. And then we listen to everything they say. And if you're lucky, you get to a point where you say, oh, I don't know if they're right. I don't know if I'm right. And we start this self-evolving growth period. Well, my mother is always right. I that's true. Oh, you know what? That is true. She's uh, yeah. That's true. They are wise beyond their years. But uh, I, 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 and I look at her differently now. Whoa. In a way that I never have approached her. You know, it's a little softer, a little more empathy. 
Um, and I, I still every day am amazed at this woman. I mean, she is really what I really thought about her leaving. I'm like, she's the energizer bunny. Yeah. She keeps going and going and going and going and going, even at this chapter of life Mm -hmm. when she has so many responsibilities and, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the, the life cycles, at least in this country, is centered upon, all right, your first, like, 50-something years, just grind it out. And then the next half, chill out. Right. Enjoy, coast into the sunset, you know, discover daytime television and let your kids take over. But she is still, I mean, when she was like, I want a podcast. <laughs> I know. She meant it. She did mean it. I she think, might get her own podcast And after that's that incredible. You know, Jane Fonda... And we will get to that reference later. We will. But she did say what I realized when I got proverbially over the hill was that there were so many other hills still left for me to climb. And I had built so much of my life expectation on just reaching a certain point of like midlife well and then realizing there was still so much to go. And I think that's how people get into aging gracefully, whatever that means, Mm. because you realize you still have purpose. And you can still have moments. Well, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit last night, right? The idea that we have been taught the playbook of life. Oh, please. Right? And that's part of the playbook. Right, exactly. You get to this certain point, and then your purpose and how you evolve is how we describe it to be. Right. And we've actually built an entire ecosystem in this country around that exact playbook. Right. You are dispensable by 65. That That is a narrative that is highly, highly bought into right by lots of people if if we do uh seven podcasts or 150 i hope the one thing people listening will get is there is no playbook you make that playbook Mm -hmm. you make that playbook you know so i i i think that that's and to see my mom saying no way i mean not born in this country even right and i was given the gift of opportunity yeah. And I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. And you know what that 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 means for her? Still going down the street to the gym. I love it. I love it. She looked good. <laughs> she, she, she's a lot of energy. Yes. Well, you know, getting back to the the issue of, I don't know, not, what am I looking for? Just growing in our relationships as our parents grow mm-hmm. with them and mm-hmm. our relationships with them. We're creatures of habit, right? Mm-hmm. And... When the whole journey starts out with a parent and a child, it's all about need and protection. Right. And if that is, you know, none of our other relationships, the healthy ones, <laughs> with anybody else really ought to be rooted just in that. No. But that special parent-child relationship, that's where it starts. And if you're fortunate enough to have nurturing parents, that can be where it continues. You and I both know folks, you know... In their, sadly, in their adult years, who still are relying on that paradigm. Right. But there does come a point if you are so inclined to open it up to more and see, you know, that reciprocity actually is healthy. And I think it's been wonderful to become more like friends with my parents Mm -hmm. now in this chapter. But my mother made it very clear. She said, you know, the first. 18 years. I wasn't your little friend. I wasn't trying to be your friend. Right. You know, you can go and and make those in life, but I had to raise you, I had to train you, I had to prepare you 
for all that was coming. Yeah. And yeah. now, actually, so after we recorded, I told her how well it went with your mom mm. because initially she was like, I don't know, what's a podcast? I don't do that. And then she listened to the trailer and sends me a text message a couple of days later. And she's like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. You guys sound great. Wait, wait. So if I came, you know, would you help me? Because this sounds exciting. So your mother's courage Inspired has mama. initiated a moment for my mom. So ma, if you listening, the table is open. The mic is open. Please do come. You know, uh, we could talk about our parents. Yes, we could. All day long. We, we kind of touched on this in a previous podcast with the fabulous Michaela Malozzi, but uh, do you remember? Do you remember what? The, you know, we're sitting here doing this podcast, and we're so excited about it. Um, but do you remember the thing that kind of our connecting point? You and me? Yeah, you and me. Dancing, dancing, very specific dancing, very specific dancing. Um, and I will get to this later, but I think we should talk about our fabulous guest today. Who, Wonderful. Who I think in some way. You know, we'll get is responsible for us sitting here. Absolutely, together. no. Without what she has created and built, I would not know you. Yeah, I would not have some semblance of health in my life that comes out of just having returned to exercise because I was not exercising until. I, I got introduced to the Masala Bhangra workout. The Masala Bhangra workout created by Serena Jane. Yes. Coined as the Indian Jane Fonda. She's the creator and originator of the Masala Bhangra dance series. Uh, she moves, touches, inspires many people. Celebrating her 20th year. T- 20th, 20 years. 20. Two zero? Two zero. Carry the R. That math is. Wow. Okay. Hey, Serena. wait wait this is amazing masala bangra is a workout that now has been uh is franchised the word you're all over the world you guys are gonna make me very emotional right now she's all (laughs) no truly 15 masala bangra workout videos 250 ambassadors all over the world that's phenomenal and you know it's interesting so 20 years right it kind of reminds me of my mom podcast. It's it was it was sort of unheard of twenty years ago to to have a workout like this. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Twenty so years I, ago, everybody I, was into like Zumba, and I was always I never really liked those classes because nobody talked. I'm like, you gotta tell me, lift a foot, move to the right, <laughs> turn to the left. I'm like, talk to me. I mean, I'm in the back. I can hardly see what's happening in front. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's. Uh, so we're gonna we. We are going to get into the Masala Bhangra story so soon, but uh, Serena. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. Yes, I'm indeed. so excited to be here with you guys. We're um, so excited to proud, have you. Very proud of you guys. Very proud of what you all have created. And I think this is so necessary just to have real talk with real people um, in this world. Thank you, Serena. Yeah. We are thrilled and privileged. You were like the first person that came to mind. We were like, if we're going to make this podcast, you know, who, who's gonna, <laughs> who, who's going to be somebody who we want to have a conversation the with about going tough. from an idea to a phenomenon, right? And thank you for agreeing to be here. I'm very happy to be here. It took a lot of, you know... Navigating. Navigating and juggling. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) So, you know, before Masala Bhangra, before that started, right, you were a publicist. 
I, w- I, I was a publicist. I, I did I not feel like know I, that. I still am a publicist, but yeah, I was a publicist. I graduated um, with a degree in communications, marketing, and PR. And um, I got my first job at a PR agency, like a boutique PR agency in Beverly Hills. Ooh. And I drove, I was, so I was born and raised in California. So I drove two hours every day in traffic, which was ridiculous. Ooh. But the job was just a really amazing opportunity. And thank God I did it. Right. There's no accidents that ever happened. But mm-hmm. I would drive from Orange County to L.A. every day. So I'd almost leave at 536 in the morning just to be the traffic. And I would still show up at work by 839 just because it was so much traffic. So I chatted a lot on the phone with all <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, there wasn't unlimited service, right, on your phone. Like every minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I'll I just do. talk five more minutes. It's okay. I'll just talk five more yeah. minutes. Right. But, yeah, that was a long drive. But, yeah, I, I did that for two years. Whoa. So... How do you go from publicist to fitness? What 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 was your moment when Masala Bangara, as we now know it, first got created? When did that happen for you? So it actually technically started in '98. Okay, right? Okay, because I got this job with a PR agency, and I didn't even think about like I was teaching aerobics, you know, every morning and night. And, but I didn't think about doing anything. Um, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I want to do something to honor my dad and everything that we went through with him. So I wanted to do something, but I just did, couldn't pinpoint it. And then all of a sudden, um, when I got this job at the PR agency, I was really good at it. And I was taking products and, you know, PRing them to uh, magazines. And like, you know, one of my famous accounts was Sun Girl Sunscreen with Glitter. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, ta- I got every magazine to talk about this product and it just got me thinking if I can do this for this product I could do this for oh my god the Indian dance workout like why can't I do like what do I so I work backwards what do I need to do in order to bring this Indian dance workout to fruition and I was like I got to come out with a workout I got to come out with a product and I was like maybe I should just do a workout video so all of this led to one thing after another and I'm I was like, wow. So then I worked backwards. I, I did all my research for a workout video, and I put all that together while still at the PR agency. Mm. So I just used all that skills. But the KRPR, KRPR, I will never forget them because they, she really, Kim Rahili, she really, um, she really guided me into into uh, PR and like what it's all about. You know, you 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 mentioned you were teaching aerobics morning, so it could have been an aerobic video. It could have been you know, uh, a fitness video in your car when you're sitting in L.A. traffic. But what was the catalyst to take something that was rooted in your heritage, in being Indian? What was that sort of thought process on, no, this is where I want to focus my time? Because it didn't exist before. So, I mean, the the, I, the, the every, I think every, the story is I had, you know, was born and raised in California. We, um, both my parents migrated to the States in the 70s. Um, for a better life, for opportunities, as you were, you know, for better, uh, my, my mom and dad wanted to give my sister and I opportunities. That's like the biggest word right now in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were born here. And so fast forward, you know, when my father passed away to a massive cardiac arrest at the age of 47, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about um, moms and like my mom was 40 years old. So I was very, uh, we were torn apart, uh, like 
wait, all of a sudden my dad's not coming back. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? He's not coming back. So I wanted to honor him and his existence and everything he told me to be proud of being an Indian woman in the United States. And I'm like, how do I do that? And then how do I get aunties and uncles to get up and move so they can live a long life. I just, mm. there was so many things going in my mind going, what do I do? And I was like, okay, I know I'm good at aerobics. I'm good at teaching. So what's the one thing that's going to get aunties and uncles moving? And mm -hmm. that's Indian music. Like, of course, they're going to, you know, move their shoulders up. But <laughs> right. now every time they hear a Bhangra beat, oh, I know Bhangra, you know, I love Bhangra. And I was like, that's, that's it. That's going to get them up and moving, their own music. And so mm. I was like, that they were my focus for a really long time. Wow. And then, it, you know, it just is evolved. So my dad was the driving force of why I wanted to even bring Indian dance to the fitness industry at a, you know, at that time, just let me just do this for one year and then call it a day. But then it just, it's, it's dominoed into other things. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it's, it was tough. I mean, my mom was 40 years old and, you know, here I'm, going on entrepreneurial spirit. I had no clue what I was doing, but I just was driven. And when I think back to it, the number one person that supported me was my mom. She had no clue what I was doing, but I went to her with all my research and said, I need this much money to make this happen. Do you think you can help me? What was I thinking? Mm. Here we just lost our dad. There's like a massive loss of income and just everything. Like how was she going to survive is probably what's going through her mind. Right. And here I'm going, I have this idea. I really want to make this happen. Can we? And she totally, she just took a loan from me and just said, okay, here you go. In, I don't know what you're doing, but go ahead. Well, in you know, many ways, I think. That's extraordinary. Yeah. It is. She is extraordinary. Yes. We should have her on as well. Yes. Um, in many ways, I think the the sometimes dealing with loss and hurt, that cre that creative outlet is meant to move us through some of those experiences, right? So it's no surprise that you said, I'm going to focus on something that's taking up my time and attention and that I'm super passionate about. Do you remember, Serena, the very first masala bhangra thing you did was it was it the a bit was it a class it was a class i totally remember okay tell us <laughs> yeah oh my god where I remember um i and the year what year was this this was in 99 okay. this was in 1999 wow or 98.99 like on the cusp i think um, book chapter verse this is still in la this is still in la okay um because what took me two years to you know it, I, two years i like you know, in 98, when I first came out with this idea and I put all the elements together, we shot the video in 99. It all launched in 2000, right? That two years of knocking on people's doors, basically Jim saying, please give me a chance. I got a great workout. Wow. You know, at that time, this is 98. They were looking at me like I'm talking like, you know, gibberish, like this is never going to work. Right. And there was one um, sports club LA in Los Angeles gave me a chance and said, all right, come do a class here. And I'll never forget that because it was a free class. It was open. I, I blasted it to everybody I know. And I was like, this is the chance. This is where the aunties and uncles are going to come. Right. And they're going to do a class with me. Of course, my mom and my sister were there. I was nervous as, as, as hell because, you know, this is totally new. And mm -hmm. I was even like, oh my God, I have to now I have to now walk the talk. Right, right. right. I have to go. Like, I hear I've been like, it's so amazing. Now I got to walk the talk. But I, I remember getting there, getting ready, and I saw all these people that were there ready to take class, something totally new. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Where are all the aunties and uncles? Like, okay, they must be late, mm. Indian Standard Time, right? Like, they must be coming. They'll probably be here soon. I remember my manager telling me, just get started because these people are here for you. Who and was there? What was, who was in the class? Everybody but Indian. 
<laughs> Whoa. Uh, everybody so. with the aunties and uncles, which I was just like, that's great that you guys are here. Amazing. But really, I'm focusing on the aunties and uncles at the moment because they're the ones that need to move. And then you have these fit bodies, these, you know, basically the other, the American crowd, right? The, Ameri- the, the, the gym crew. Right. People. Yeah. Right? Gym Whoa. crew. They were there. Right? And I just remember I had to get started. I couldn't wait five minutes for the Indians to come, right? right. I had to get started. And that whole hour, we rocked it. You know, you know when you feel so good when your mom and your sister come up to you and go and give you a high five and go, that was yes. amazing? Yes. That, you know, that, 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 just to get that victory high five from them, you feel like, okay, I got, you know, that was my threshold. Like, if they like it, this is going to be amazing. Yes. And everyone had a blast. Everyone had a blast. And I, I, I remember walking away going, oh, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> yes. And then I feel a little defeated going, where are the aunties and uncles? And I think at that moment, I was like, okay, I, I've worked for two years to try to get them here, you know, try to get this class. I'm just going to keep going. And whoever comes, comes. And I think that was like my defining moment of this is for everybody. Like, you don't have to be Indian. So that's mm-hmm. when I was like, all right, Dad, I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to get this world up and moving Indian style. And like, I'm on fire now. Let's roll. Wow. Isn't that weird? But this is like, I don't know what, what I just, what got into me was, it's not fair that I lost my dad at 47. That's just not fair. I miss him. I miss him a lot. Yeah. I can imagine my mom for 25 years has been by herself. So I was just like, you know, I'd fuel that energy. He did something like, all right, I got to focus on the positive because he's not coming back. Right. Do you think because... First of all, you've given me so much. My mind, my mind, you go, you go, go. (laughs) When we have our moments of of inspiration, when we say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this thing or I'm going to make this change. I'm going to try something new. We have what we intend to be our audience or our purpose. And it really, in so many ways, like I think the true, if we're going to call it Bali effect moments, they're never really about us. No. They're re- never really about our our ability to even dream because even our dreams are confined. However, I believe that the true moments of inspiration really are coming from something much bigger. And because of that, they are innately, they, they are innately eternal. And the fact that you were able to say, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on my family and perhaps other members of the Indian community, Indian American, Indian American community, but that it resonated beyond those lines. Oh, my goodness. Maybe actually I'm tapping into humanity. I, I just I feel that, you know, that was my calling that I was supposed to do that. Uh, I was supposed I'm supposed to I, like yeah, 20 years ago. I was like, all right, I found my calling. Yeah. This spoke to me so much that I just I was like, I got to keep going. For sure. You know what I um, uh We'll get to our Masala Bungar stories later, but one of the things that I find incredibly wonderful, and I'm so proud of Serena for this, you know, it, back in 98 and 99, uh, growing up in America, I didn't, there were not other Indian people in my school. And I grew up in New yeah. Jersey, yeah. you know, I wasn't in Tallahassee or <laughs> Oklahoma. Or, you know what? We had, I think, I went to a, a K through nine, mm-hmm. and the entire time, I think we had. Three Indian families in the whole school. Right. And there were about maybe 10 black families. Right. And then everybody else. Right. Yeah. So, so I get it. you know, 
I, I think about this often, you know, launching something today versus 1998. And when you are launching something that is not honestly widely understood, widely even accepted, mm-hmm. a little weird, not to us, but to others, um, that, to, you know, it's almost an, what an incredible, it is an incredible challenge to take to say, I am going to do this anyway. And I think in today's world, when we launch something, you know, we we can do it faster. We can do it easier. Uh, we live in a different time period where it's more accepting of anything. Right. And we've got this thing called social media, which Didi doesn't partake in currently, but she will. <laughs> I'm a voyeur. Uh, but um, that allows you to move that information very fast. So I, you know. There were no smartphones when not, you started no, this No, nothing. There was barely the internet. That's why, that's why I relied on my PR skills. Right. right. My PR background. Being, okay. I, mean, I need help. I need somebody to help me get the word out that Masala Bhangra is out there. The, the first workout video is available. Somebody please buy it. And that time VHS. Okay. Hello. Yeah. VHS, right? Nice. The first two workout videos are VHS. Classic. After that, we went into the DVD. Yes. And so, um, yeah. But uh, um, we, at that time, sure, nobody nobody knew what I was doing. But thank God I was able to. I took my PR back on KRPR. Right. You know, Kim at that time was very supportive and helping me. And she's like, I'm very proud of you right. to do something totally out of the norm. I don't know what I was thinking. Of course, you know, back then, some of my friends also were just like, what do you think? You're like, no, was like, come on, no one's going to do did- this. But today, of course, you know, those same people are like, we're so proud of you. 20 years later, right. 20 years later, I just can't believe I've, dedic- I've dedicated my life to this, yeah. you know. What yeah. did um, Indian people think of this? I, so Honestly. it's funny. I went through a phase yeah. when I first started um, and the f- workout video came out. A lot of Indians were very excited to see something, you know, see something out there right. that, oh, my God, I can relate to that. We're so proud of you that we that you did something like this. Thank you for bringing our culture into the into the industry and then some because, you know, I was teaching fitness. And then also on top of that, magazines, my first big interview, like my first almost interview was Fitness magazine. Do you remember that magazine? Yes. yes. Guys, two-fold spread, right? Where nice. I had we had a whole photo shoot and everything. I couldn't believe that we were, and I still have that copy, obviously. But that was just like I mean, sales, of course, because I relied on PR right. to get the word out about my videotape. And a lot of Indians did support me in the country, right? Amazing. But then I went through a phase, you know, where then there were a lot of Indians that just absolutely hated mm. and uh, to the point where I got a lot of, you know, emails and a lot of backlash from kids born and raised in the United States or in North America younger than me threatening to beat me up so I don't <gasps> teach Bhangra anymore or threatening whoa, whoa. to slash my throat what so was that about? Bale Bale anymore. You know, I don't know because it's funny the same people Haters are going to hate. <laughs> those, those, those people are still teaching. They're still doing they're actually teaching today. They, you know, and I was just like, look, you know, I'm not going to wear the traditional garb because oh. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm and I'm going to modernize the moves a little bit because even your mom can't squat like the way you can squat. You know, mm. like I'm going to modernize it a bit so that everyone can do it and feel successful and not intimidated by the culture. Well, can I ask, you know? can I, just a quick, quick question for those who, the few folks living under rocks, maybe my mom, who don't know what a masala bangra workout is. Can you just paint yeah. a word picture for the sure. audience? What do we they forget. expect? <laughs> we forget. We, we know, know because <laughs> we've been doing it for, for gosh, almost 10 years. Yeah. But... 
Can you describe it? So masala in Hindi means spicy. Bhangra is a folk dance of the north part of India. I've created, you know, a program where I've taken the folk of Bhangra primarily and then elements of Bollywood. I've put it together and I've created the Indian dance program, right? We've taken a, we've evolved from the workout now into a lifestyle. So masala Bhangra is an Indian dance program where you can come and, you know, rock it out with me Indian style. So I'm going to teach you a routine from top to bottom in one hour where you learn moves. Yes. And I break it down for you and my instructors break it down for you so you walk out feeling comfortable and in your skin of doing a in Bhangra or Bollywood that you don't even know what the music means but you're going to be driven by the instructor and just motivated to get up and move Indian style and then you're going to be like okay afterwards I want to go to an Indian wedding yes. or I want to go get a samosa right now let's go get some chai at the moment or let's go find an Indian guy I want to talk to him you know what I mean <laughs> something like that because I'm going to give that to you like this today even I my class was just on fire, yes. on fire. And just to see everyone that's there, probably two to three Indian people that show up where the diversity that this program has brought has humbled me beyond. And I'm grateful every time, even more so now, to go and teach my class. Can I ask, what countries are do you have instructors in? Just, just in t- to speak to the diversity of this. Because so, I, I mean, I when I went to my first class, I didn't know what to expect. I had just seen a flyer. I knew I needed to get in shape because I had a looming health heart condition. And my doctor's like, you need to do something or you're a candidate for a heart attack at 27 years old. I mean, we can old. use you back, you know. You've been yeah. busy then. I have. I got the T-shirt, though. Listen, <laughs> it's in my heart. But by first of all, when, that, when the music went on, I'm like, oh, this is dance hall. Wait a minute. That's what it reminded me yeah. of. Um, I've got a whole wing of family from Trinidad, and so there was some exposure to like soca, sure. and so it sounded a bit familiar, but the moves were so much fun, and it didn't feel like a Jane Fonda class. Now, you have been called, coined by your students, the Jane Fonda of India. So when I so so fast forward, right? I was two years in California. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> two years in California, and then I got invited in the, in the at the end of uh, 1999, I got invited to come out to New York to teach a few classes. Mm-hmm. So in the year 2000, I got invited to come out in, um, I want to say June. Mm-hmm. And, oh no, March, 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 March. And I was here for a week. And in that one week in the year 2000, March 2000, I was blown away by how much people, like people flocked to the class. Yes. It mm-hmm. was in one week, what took me one week took me two years in California. That is what blew me away. You know, so, overnight success, two years in the making. It's so crazy. Yeah. So um, so anyway, so fast forward, um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Well, well I, you know, I would you're say. You're all over the world in, in the right, countries. Right. right. So we're, we're in 15 countries. Um, just to name a few, like Japan is a really big country for us. Um, Malaysia is a big country for us. Um India, of course, and then Singapore, and then we're in Europe, and we have, uh, do you know, like uh, uh, an instructor here, an instructor there, and we, I, I, I don't have, you know, that many instructors that you know can represent and teach because they get intimidated by the culture. They're like, "Can I even do this?" And I'm like, "Yes, you can. You got to just trust me. I will teach you how to teach, but you got to want to do it." So, you know, we have like maybe one instructor in this country, one instructor in this country, like one instructor in Germany who's just a full-on big fan of Masala Bunga, and she's rocking it in Germany. And she's just doing her thing. Ohio. I got a class, you know, I got an instructor in Ohio. And I can't wait to share with you guys. I can share this news with you guys. So I can't wait to share something really exciting that's going to happen. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll get there. (laughs) So, you know, the diversity factor. So 
New York City that week you were here. Is that the week you decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to move this entire operation to the Big Apple. So that happened in June of 2000. Wow. Because in March of 2000, I came here and I thought, oh, my God. You know, I was – my mom is my best friend. I would call and tell her everything. Mom, this happened, this happened. And she was – I I walked her through everything. So today she just knows my lingo. She totally understands what's going on because I would share everything with her. And then I got the same opportunity to come back in June and this time for one month. So I traveled around the tri-state area. I've never seen anyone so excited to talk about the tri-state area. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, people are inviting me to come and teach Masala Bunga. Like, you're going to be – it just felt – I was like a rock star. Demand. This this fitness rock star. Oh, I'm going to be in this club today. I'm going to be in this club tomorrow. And at that time, I was just like, this is so exciting. Um, And then June of 2000 is when I was like – when, you know, the club said, look, you have a fitness background. You can teach all kinds of fitness classes on top of that. You have this new program that we would like to bring here. And they said, we'll give you 15 classes under your belt if you want to move to New York. And this is how much we're going to pay you. And I'm like, I did the math and I'm, I took my time to think about it. I did the math and I'm like, I could survive off of that. That's pretty incredible. You then make it here. But he was, here was the, <laughs> you know, this is 2000. Yeah. I, I moved at the end of 2000. But I went back. And I really had to think twice because I feel like I'm the boy of my family, right? right. So I am. I want to make sure my mom is okay. That was my first priority. That was I was never going to leave my mom. She's my first priority. Marriage, you know, that right. just was on the back burner. I was like, I'm not getting married anytime soon because my mom is my priority. My sister, you know, was doing her thing, but mm. I got to make sure she's going to be okay. I want to make sure my mom is smiling every day. Mm. But then when I went back, I really had to sit down with her and my sister and say, look, this is where I'm at. This is what happened. And my sister wrote me this amazing note, and I still have that note today. And she said, go fly. You have found your calling. Go I'll be your backbone. I'll be here to protect mom. Don't worry. But you need to go and you need to go do this and you need to get out of the house and you need to go grow because you didn't have the opportunity to move into a dorm or into something like that. So you need to go and experience. And if anything, go to Manhattan. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. But what my, isn't amazing about <laughs> well, Manhattan? <laughs> but my mom, I did my research and both my mom and my sister helped me move at the end of 2000, December 2000, in the middle of snow. <laughs> I was like, what am I thinking? But I moved into a studio apartment on the Upper East Side for, for years. That I just had home. a flash vision of, uh, of a biopic of your life. <laughs> that could be such a beautiful scene in that unfolding because there's so, such a rich story. We can go back to that later. We like to. I kind of want to talk about uh, our experiences with Masala Bunga a little bit. Okay. Because, uh, you know, th- when we say these moments, right, and we say, hey, uh, like, I made a decision. And I remember the first class I took of yours. And I had gone to take a Zumba class. <laughs> and I was, I was, they were in the same room. So I was waiting for the Masala Bunga class to finish. Now, I had heard about it. And I was slightly, you know, intimidated, I would say, but yet oddly fascinated because for many years I wanted to be a Bollywood actress. (laughs) It's not too late. (laughs) There's this whole entire thing of speaking Hindi that probably would – but, but the you know, that – the, this idea in my head as a child of singing and dancing was actually being realized, you know, somewhere in New York City. But I remember looking in the classroom and thinking about it. And it, I had gone through a phase, quite honestly, of, you know, I don't want to be Indian. 
right? You, you grow up and you're, sure. I can totally relate to there's that. No, of course. There's nobody else and yeah. you want to fit in as a child. And right. um, so I think this was... I think any non-white person in America has felt that at some point yeah. just because where do I see myself affirmed and my heritage right. validated? So you're not alone. I, I, the class, people came out of the class and as a child I had gone to this Hindu camp. Okay, so this was my three months of loveliness every year as a child where I was surrounded by a bunch of Indian kids. That's so cool. And so three of three women that I knew as girls who were at the time living in Brooklyn came out of this class. And they said, Preeti, Tana, what are you doing That's here? Nice. You, you of all people would love this class, right? It's like, y'all just giving me the memo now. <laughs> So I took the class the next week, and part of me thought, I'm going to nail this. I mean, I've been dancing like this in my head for years, (laughs) and I did not nail it, but I had the best time. Yes. And I'm going to say, and I don't remember, Serena, I think you were teaching. You were teaching that class, but and I stood in the back, and that one decision, so that camp friends that I you know, grew up with coming out, telling me to go. That one decision was the catalyst for so many wonderful things in my life. Like memorable marks. Incredible things. And, you know, when did that? So that was my like masala bunger moment. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for a decade uh, and beyond it, it, there was nothing that gave me more joy then going to that class and thinking that, oh, my gosh, there's a class in New York City where my dreams in my head actually come alive. And then we started performing. And that – Who started performing? Just took it to another level. Uh, yes. Yes. That just took uh, it to another I started right, – we, we collectively as a group – we – you know, The Seren- people in the class the with pe- Serena. Serena had kicked off this workshop and uh, – which was, you know, workshop to learn – a. 15, 20 minute routine. And uh, I used to do that as a kid, not Masala Bhangra, obviously, but different things. But I remember that first performance too. And I thought, what an incredible thing this woman has done to give me a piece of a dream. And so I want to, I want to ask you, Serena, I'm getting a little No, I am too, because to hear that, you know, People's experiences with Masala Bunk. Look, there's a lot of programs that are out there that are absolutely amazing. And it's an honor to be on the same level, right? When people compare Zumba, Masala Bhangra, you know, like these two programs have really stood out in people's minds and have lasted a really long time. Mm-hmm. So there's incredible stories with Zumba programming. There's sure. incredible stories with Masala Bhangra programming. So when I just, when I hear this, it warms my heart to the teen. I don't know. I'm sure. I mean, this may or may not be obvious to some people, but, you know, as an entrepreneur, I want to, sometimes there's just moments where I, I had to, I want to quit. I want to quit because I can't do it anymore. Yeah, so when I hear this, it's these moments that have affected somebody in such a positive way that just say, Serena, keep going. You'll figure it out, but keep going. And how has, how has that influenced you? Like the realization that you sit in the middle or have created so many moments, concentric circles of joy for so many different people. All over the world. I mean, 
it's I mean it's 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 humbling for sure. It's just humbling. Like I, what when I first started and where it's at now, like I, if you can feel, I love what I do. I love the joy that it brings to people. I love it. It gives me such immense pleasure to see somebody, you know, have so much fun doing this. I mean, today after class, people were just like. That was unbelievable. That was out of this world. Thank you. And I'm just like, awesome. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's just this amazing, the diversity that has come through. You know what? I was, I gave a keynote speech recently and I was saying that my, we had the uh, opportunity of being around a lot of Indian families right. in California. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly around Desis over the weekend, and a lot of my close friends were Desis, and we did a lot of Desi events, right? Desi, Desi, DSI is like Indian. I'm looking like what's slang. That? Yeah, okay. so like you know, it's like you know, did you go to a Desi party last night? Like it's an Indian party. It's like an okay. Indian thing, right? Like I met a Desi guy, you know, okay. type thing. <laughs> so you know, um, my husband's a Desi, you know. Nice. <laughs> um, so we had the opportunity. Thank God to have a lot of Indian families around us. So today, you know, when I when I really do parallel lives of my parents, that Indian community, we had to rely on to be our family in this country because all of our families were back home in India, right? So we all became each other's family. So now when I go forward 20 years, this masala bhangra energy of people that have come my way I, I people I, I, we, we're like glue we all stick to each other somehow we all have become each other part of each other's lives even outside of the masala bunga world mm-hmm. which to me is now this has become my family this has become my community right. and I love the diversity and I love the fact that my girls are going to be exposed to, to this diversity that just excites me beyond well I think that really speaks to my experience because when I first came to the workout, I the week before I had gone to the cardiologist and because I was having immense chest pain. I had just started my job, um, working at a corporate law firm, so stressed out, didn't know, you know, up from down, left from right, poor sleeping, not exercising, nothing. And I had chest pain. And I sat with the doctor. I told us on the uh, when we had uh, another Michaela, guest. Yeah. And I was saying you know, well, I'm too young to have a heart attack or anything. She's like, no, I just did a quadruple bypass. You have to figure out how to manage your stress because it is something that is intangible, but it will have a tangible and potentially fatal outcome Absolutely. for you. So I was in shock. And so I literally I just looked, where is the closest, most affordable gym near my job? Because I, I live here. And it was the YMCA for Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And I go there. and the And I don't think that it was a coincidence. It, air quote, just so happened that a Masala Bangara class was just starting at that location, uh-huh. and it was being taught by Michaela uh-huh. Malozzi. And I just saw this picture that, that was on the stairwell ascending down into the lot to the lower level, and it was of a beautiful woman in a red sari, and it looked so cool. <laughs> and it just said, Masala Bangara workout. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like something I could do. And it's probably more fun than the treadmill. So that that next class, I just went to it. And by the end of it, I felt like I had been in a party. So, mm-hmm. And incidentally, I was covered in sweat. Right. And I'm like, now this I can get down with because it's fun. And what also really kept me coming back was I felt so welcome and I felt so affirmed and I felt so encouraged because I'm like, Preeti, I wasn't getting the moves down. I'm like, I cannot I mean, that was surprising. <laughs> that was surprising to me. And a you note know? on the moves uh, – 
a certain instructor by the name of Serena Jane would always come over to me. <laughs> oh, I get I'm and, terrified. And, and, and sort of, I remember this so well. It's like, it might be a reference that nobody gets, but I was doing a move and she just said to me, which, you know, this came up in my sitar lesson last night too, oddly enough. She, I, my hands were super um, uh, strong, mm-hmm. meaning like my hands firm. were not, they were firm. And in this particular move, they weren't supposed to be that way. <laughs> so she comes over to me and I'd like to tell you that she gently corrected me. But instead, she said, this is not a Kathak class. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. So, so Kathak is a very strong, specific type of dance. And I remember thinking, she, this woman's picking on me. <laughs> She's like, what is this She's Indian girl doing? Obviously, we had a connection before even getting to know one another, right? Right. Right. Clearly, we had a connection because, you know, I'm not just going to go say that to anybody. So obviously, something about you drew me to you where I could say it and I felt good. And you came back anyway. So obviously, we something worked out. No, it definitely, you feel it's tangible, the sense of community in your classes. Because what I realized was, and and no shade to every hardworking professional in this town, that New York is work. New New York York is not easy. And I started to realize this is the one place that I can come to on a weekly basis where I know I'm going to be affirmed and encouraged. Right. And I just, and and in a fun way and in a way that's making me healthier. And there were so many kindred spirits in that same room looking for the same connection. And that's the family grows out of that. And so that's how that led me to, uh, to Preeti because um, the instructor uh, later created a, a trip um, that she organized and invited everybody in the class and the people to come to, and it was in Bali. And, you know, I had and. never taken a class with Michaela, mm. and I do remember after taking a class with you, Serena, on a Saturday morning, two of my closest friends that I met through Masala Bangra, Ritu and Claudia, we were having brunch. And Ritu says, there's this, Michaela's doing a, you know, a 10-day thing in Bali. It's over your birthday. Let's go next year. And that and and this is this is what Small is so moment leads to something. That huge. one moment that had no emotion attached to it, aside from like, oh, cool, that would be great if we went to Bali. That is what I'm talking about when I say there are so many things that happened domino effect from that domino effect from walking into that class. And so this is this is the beautiful thing about life too, you know. That's along with all that. What I like, just the, the community, right? Like some, you're, you're going to walk away or, or still keep coming back, but you've made some really good friends out of it. Yeah. Just like any other. And lots but of just the community. The, to me, yeah. the community is what, if you can bring the community together. And so, you know, now I'm like, okay, aunties and uncles come. Like there's more, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm not focused on who all come to class. I'm, I'm just focused on come and you're going to have a blast. Meaning I'm not focused on what nationality you are. I'm just like everyone – this is open to everyone and anyone. And what I love seeing, you know, you have your youngsters, your millennials, you have your um, older people, you have your mid-30s, 40s, like whatever. You have so many people that come to class now and they do – everyone does their own um, – their, their own um, – you know, you take it at your own pace, their own pace. And so whether you want to turn or not or something, but you find it. But my biggest thing that I've always said is when you come and experience a masala bunger class or if you're going to go experience anything, if it's going to speak to you, you're going to walk out feeling successful. You're going to walk out feeling like I got that, I nailed that. Because if you walk out feeling, oh, my God, I don't know what I just did or, um, you know, I'm never doing that again, that's – I don't want you to have that feeling. I want you to have a feeling, you know, where – 
I got it. I was able to do it. I feel so good. I can't wait to go back. And I do you know, think walking out feeling successful of a class, I think, is really important. It to- it is, and I and I and I also think that um, you know what you've created is what we what everyone, regardless of age, gender, nationality, all of those things, is looking for, which is connection and community. Right? That connection, right. especially now, especially now, you know, yeah, it's human it's, connection. It is. This could be a whole another discussion, but that is, I think, what people leave feeling as well. And even if they don't feel like they nailed it necessarily, which you know your instruction facilitates that immensely, but but that that like I feel like this is my crew, and that you are welcome, right? And there's that the space is such that you can continue to try to get better. So for me, when I immediately realized, wait, this is something I want to do better at. I stink now, but I'm going to keep on trying. It caused me, the ripple effect was, okay, I'm not in shape enough to keep up with what's happening here. So I need to go to the gym a couple other days out of the week just so I can elevate my fitness and I can improve my stamina so that when I go to Bangara, now I can rock out for the whole hour. And live a longer life, right? That's I mean, your heart is I really important so. to me. So. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and, you, you know, much. fulfilling a dream come true, right? I mean, Preeti, I hope you, I hope you both join me next year for the, you know. 2020 showcase. Oh, we're going <laughs> to talk Absolutely. about that showcase in a minute. Yes. Uh, Serena, you have two amazingly gorgeous daughters. They're uh, adorable. They are really adorable. How old One are really loves me. I just want to <laughs> put it out there. And I love her. But yeah, how old are, how old are the, the girls? Sahana is three and Rihanna is one. Ooh. And um, yeah. Girl, you're awake. You're still teaching. They're, they're, <laughs> teaching is, is like my outlet. Like I have to, like even more so today. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where I'm like, okay, after kids, I'm probably going to have to give all this up. But I am with them so much that I look forward to the two hours going doing my class, having that connection, and then coming back and, you know, being a mama again. Wow. But um, the, the classes, like, I still teach my 6.30 a.m. classes. Like, I pull a crew to make sure my girls are okay so I can just go do it and come back. It's crazy. It financially doesn't even make sense, but it feeds my soul like you won't believe. But the three-year-old and the one-year-old, Sahana I, and Rihanna. Sahana has been in class a few times, uh, quite often, nice. actually. Um, when you When you think about them, or when you think about them in class or, you know, when you're just hanging out with them, you know, what do you, how do you want them to remember you? Like, how do you want them, what do you want them to think about when they think about their mother? That's a tough question. I thought, I've thought, I actually thought about that yesterday mm-hmm. and this past week because uh, just, you know, we're going, getting ready to go to India for the first time, uh, us three and my mom. And um, I, 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 I I, I, the reason why I thought of this is because I, I got mad at Sahana and I said, you know, she didn't listen to me. And so I, you know, got, I was disappointed. Those three year olds. <laughs> <laughs> she did something that Barbara I'm like, that's course. not accepted. Um, but I was just like, how are they going to remember me? I, you know, I said, okay, okay, mama, give mama a kiss. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, oh my God, this three year old doesn't want to give mama a kiss. Like, how you already don't want to do that? Like, oh my God, what do I need to do to make sure she remembers me? I, I don't know. I, I want them to grow up fiercely strong, independent women. And I'm, I'm excited to hopefully give them whatever they need to be successful in this world. I'm very excited, you know, to do that. And my husband is also, you know, we, we've gone through a lot 
us too, you know, Rajat and I. And, but where, you know, and marriage is ebb and flow, right? You're in a good place at moments, and then you're not in a good place. But right now we're in a good place. And so we both kind of got a flow going of how do we want to be with our kids. Mm-hmm. And to me, positive energy, positive effect, like throughout will always be number one for me, for my kids, no matter what. And I think from what you said earlier, um, which was so beautiful, the love that you received from your mom, from your father, from your sister, really liberated you to answer your life's call. And it sounds like you're wanting to do the same thing for your children. It's incredible. I, I want to read this quote that I found because when we were doing the prep and things mm-hmm. for, for this conversation um, and, and thinking about the significance of this workout, um, this is the one that landed for me. Tell me if you think it resonates. Okay. okay. It says, it's a, a section from a poem, actually. Um, Walking, I'm listening to a deeper way. Suddenly, all my ancestors are behind me. Be still, they say. Watch and listen. You are the result of the love of thousands. And when I think about what has gone into the last 20 years and this extraordinary phenomenon that is Masala Bangada and the extraordinary soul that is Serena Jane, to me, the fact that you have influenced thousands of people all over this globe is innately connected to the fact that the love of thousands has poured into you as well. Yes. Yeah, no, that that does resonate really well. I mean, I feel my ancestors are in the back saying either be still or someone out there. I mean, I I really wish my dad was here to give me a high five or something, but he's I know here. he's watching. He's I know because I'm, I'm still doing it, right? Yeah. I'm still going. I'm Somehow I'm fighting the odds and I'm like, all right, I'm still going to go. And yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Thank you for that. What words of advice might you offer to someone who's thinking about trying something that's never been done before? It might seem crazy. There's no precedent for success, but they just feel an inkling. They, they, they got to do it. Yeah. I think the, the cliche answer is obviously go for it. What right. you got to lose? My, 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 my biggest thing is it's now or never. It's just mm. now or never. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. When we lost my dad the night before, um, he had said to me, hey, you know, mom and mom and I are going to a party. Why don't you come with us? And I was like, no, dad, I got better things to do. You know, like, mm. and of course, I wish I didn't say that. You know, right. I, I wish I had said, sure, let's go. Had I known it was going to be the last time I see him, of course I was going to go. So, you know, all these things of, oh, my God he's now here anymore. So God, I wish I could go back and tell him I love you. And this, so biggest thing is, and it's hard to do this even with your own families, even in your own personal life, you know, to let go of whatever is happening and be present with that person, whoever you love so much, because it's, it's, it's not easy. Emotions take over, but it's now or never is my whole thing is if you want to do something, you just got to do it now or never. Otherwise it's never going to happen. And you know, um, that's speaking to me right now. (laughs) My list got longer than our now or never list. Um, You know what else too, which I see in you all the time. Um, I love that you said be present because I think it's been a life journey of mine to, to constantly stay in the present state. But the thing I see in you, which I would add to anyone who's thinking about, you know, now or never is uh, move in a space of love as opposed to fear. Oh yeah. Uh, Move in a space of love as opposed to fear. The fear factor will ultimately 
not get you there. Right. And if you can just be in the space of, it's going to be fine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I see that in you a lot. You you have actually no fear, Serena. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know you do, but I've seen many moments where I think, wow, she's good. She's just (laughs) fearless. I I almost feel like you have to be – you said something, you know, move into into, – Love versus fear, um, yes, and then and then surround yourself around people who love versus you know people who may not, and so because that's huge, right? Because we as a society want people, we love people, and so we want to be around people. So you want to be around love. Just choose. You got to choose love. But the biggest thing is it's 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 so hard. It's so easy to say. It's really up to you. You have to just yeah. move the fear to the side and just yeah. go. It's well, now or never. So tell us what your big. News is that you referenced earlier. We're not going to let you go without sharing yeah. news. <laughs> What's the big news, yeah. Jane? Um, so we just have a lot of things going on um, next year. Um, we we just have a lot of things going on, but um, 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 so we have a uh, spring show coming up, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So I was talking about the performances. Honestly, it is. Uh, I guess I'll say it on our podcast. I will be signing up for the spring show. Fantastic to hear. It's on June 6th and 7th yes. uh, where you're going to be showcasing, I think for the first time, only Masala Bunga in the spring show, which yeah. th- I'm super excited about that. Um, Where's it going to be? The Mark Morris Dance Center. In Brooklyn. Yes. yes. In Brooklyn. Our show is in Bringing Brooklyn. Bringing it home. Yes. The, the tech is on in Brooklyn on Friday and then the show on Saturday and Sunday. We have two shows. So oh, I have to I be really there. hope people come I can watch it from my for sure. I can guarantee that, uh, you know, as a participant, you it will be unlike any experience you've ever had. Um, you know, bringing that community theme, you will be connected with some really People are going to be dancing people. in their seats, that's even if right. they are not on the stage. And, and as that's a what it spectator, it will be amazing. So if you are interested in checking it out, um, go to masalabungarworkout.com. I think there's some information up there. There is under events. But the one, one of the things I was going to say is we just got uh, confirmed that uh, Masala Bunga is going to be at the Arnold Classic Show in Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio. So if you don't know what that nice. is, Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody knows. Oh, he okay. puts on this show every year. It's called a classic, and ah. like thousands of bodybuilders come for this show. Uh, they've added a fitness element into this now, a group fitness element to it, and they've asked Masala Bunga to partake in this. You go, girl. So this is pretty amazing. The Terminator yeah. asked for her <laughs> to have a seat at the table. I love so it. So we're bringing Bringing that to um, on the Honor Classic in March of 2020. So I'm 2020 so is a is a big year. It's a big year. How many DVDs now are available for purchase? Fifteen workout videos. Um, we stream a few, you know, a little bit more than uh, we stream some online as well. So you can definitely download and buy it online and stuff for sure. Support, support, Serena. We loved having you today on Thank the Body Effect Podcast. Oh, amazing. Um, if you don't follow her, follow her on Instagram. Uh, What's your handle? At Serena Jane and at Masala Bangra. Yeah. So uh, that's a wrap for us today, Dee Dee. I am going to bring my behind home to get started on my life. After <laughs> <laughs> okay. this, I'm like, ballet, she's now ballet. Ballet, ballet. Yes. ballet, ballet. Serena Jane, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, ladies. Thank nice. you. Yay. Bye, folks. My first interview. Yay. Yeah. You did great. You did great. Thank you. 
please subscribe to our podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, follow us on Instagram, the underscore Bali underscore effect. And we'll see you there. Thank you. Bye. Check us out.